Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Dive, Season 3, Episode 5. I'm Azale, joined by Kobe and Hooney today. Thank Woo! you for coming. What up, boys? <laughs> hey, first question is, how was the cooldown yesterday? Oh, fun with, uh, I mean... A couple days ago. I mean, obviously, I got first places for my silent driving. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at the same time, I showed to people how bad was my Yasuo skills. Yeah. <laughs> you you won the Scion Speedway, but you lost the Scion game. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I focused too much on the Scion, so. Yeah. It I've been too much, I've been just playing too much tanks. Yeah. You gotta practice the Yasuo. No, up. never. No, never? Never. Not a Yasuo player? No, 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 no. I thought you were the master of every champion. Yeah, I'm just like, I just started. Uh, All right. Well, we got to open this up to people who may not know who Huni is. He has played in all three regions, Korea, North America, and Europe. Did well in all of them. And the first kind of question is, why did you return to North America after making it to world finals in Korea? Uh, what were the things you were weighing? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like as I said a lot, but it's like the reason behind I returned to back to NA was like, I did pretty well with the Emeralds at the regular seasons, but still as a result that it's like I failed it. Like comparing how I did well like in Europe or like in LCK, uh -huh. I, I went worse. Like I dominated like regular season, like playoff, I did well. Like even I went worse was like those like semifinal and final list. But <laughs> as soon as I hit the NA, this playoffs, <laughs> whatever. So it's like, I wanted to try hard as much as I can, just challenging myself to be winner of the NALs. Yes, but it, it's been pretty tough. It's, it's been unlucky. <laughs> unlucky, unlucky start. <laughs> Playoffs is probably looking good from where uh, yeah. from where you're sitting right now. But uh, you know, a lot of people like to talk about what they perceive the differences between all the different regions to be. You know, everyone has, has historically talked about. You know, Korea has obviously been the strongest region overall. You know, and then Europe versus NA. What, what, what do you think the real differences are having played in all these regions, you know, between them as far as as far as competitive play? Because as you say, you know, in, in Europe, you made it to world semifinals. In, in Korea, you were, you know, an MSI champion. You you made it to world finals uh, in NA. Why do you think you haven't ha had as much success and kind of? Um, probably there's more like, first of all, probably there's a more players and that's why it's like it's way more challenging. It's like in solo queue, like from there. And also it's like probably LPL, LCK, there's like way more like competitive to be actually a professional player. But in NA, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like being pro is like, you just keep, you just be, keep like being professional player and it's like less competitive than comparing like LCK and LPL. So that's why probably also skills level is going to be like LCK is higher, LPL is higher because it's also the player, the base is like way bigger comparing yeah. NA or like Europe. I feel like the three main things that people always bring up when they're debating region strengths are the size of the player base, just how many people you have in solo queue is going to make mm -hmm. a, a big difference. But also people always bang on like the competitiveness of NA solo queue and how, uh, you know, people may not take it as seriously. But the third thing uh, and the one that you actually have insight to is, you know, the kind of the training regimens in, within the teams. And, you know, you've been on teams in, in all three. Uh, and you've been on SKT, which is like one of the premier ones, you know, the meme of the coma belt. <laughs> <laughs> like how how uh, how quick does the belt actually come out? Like how strict yeah, <laughs> How mean, strict is your regimen and what's the... I mean, that was like most stressful ever I had year. Oh, it is. But 
at the same time, I learned most. You know, that's like mm-hmm. how it works. Like when you actually put on resource on some, like what you add professional, like to be get better. Like, because it's like, I got so much stressful on it. But still, that means like I had to still work on a lot of things. Like, because I was like, I was like bad. You know, like <laughs> comparing SKT skills, I was like totally bad. Uh-huh. So from there, it's like I got a lot stressful. I got like a lot better. So it's hard to say, but for sure, it was like toughest year ever I had. So you were, you think you worked definitely harder in Korea than you ever did in Europe or in North America? Um, it's just like probably it makes me like that. Like pro- because it's like in SKT, like even there was a profit and Untara was playing with me, like having yeah. the same time as me. Worried about losing your spot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like as soon as I play bad once in scrim, like I just bench at the scrim. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, it's like I have to put like whole resource on it. Like mm. probably from there, it's like there's big differences. Even not even solo queues, like even at the scrim, at the like tournament, at the stage, because it's also best of three in LCK. So like when you play bad ones, like who knows? That's like the end of your day. Hey. Kick that, out. <laughs> that's a, it's super interesting, though, that you also say you learn the most because we talk about, you know, the differences between having someone on the bench and mm-hmm. the pressure of having someone come in, um, you know, whether whether it's always a positive experience for, for each type of player or not. Some people, it can, you know, motivate, motivate them and, and get them to try harder and cause them to learn more. But some people, they can just get you know, super depressed or... Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's kind of you you rise to the occasion. And as you're saying, it was really stressful, but you learned a ton. But I do think, you know, having talked to some players and, and you know, and, and seeing those scenarios, it just makes them lose confidence in themselves, right? Or, you know, the coach says, oh, Huni, you played bad. You're not going to play today. And you're like, well, well, shit, I guess I just can't play. You know, I guess I'm not good enough or, or whatever. Uh, and it, what do you think about 10-man rosters then? If that's where you learn the most and that's what motivated you to work so hard, do you think that is something that's kind of lacking in North America because you talk about there not being enough competitiveness for those professional spots. Um, that's actually a good thing that actually the point is like the first time when I'm being in the positions that being like 10-man roster and then it's like I'm being really scared like when I play on the stage, even scream, even solo queue. If I play bad, who knows? I get like benched. Uh-huh. Like that was like so much pressure. So like first of all, that was like really stressful at the same time. Yeah, I lost a lot confident too. Like, cause I thought I was like best, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. I was at 2017. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, why do I like get benched? <laughs> like, well, uh, okay. Like, whatever. Uh-huh. This is LCK. But it's like, that's why I was like first time. I lost a lot, a lot confident. I, I could not accept it myself or either like as a team. Like, why would I get benched ever? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, because, you know, like I was dominating before. So. From there, like probably some people's need a time to actually change their mind. Like me, like first of all, I was like really stressful about that. But it becomes that like worst final or like, you know, it's like challenging by myself that oh, if I yeah. don't try hard, maybe I'm going to retire this year. Mm-hmm. Like that's the motivated that how you should be just like having your mindset. So I was like really desperate to actually getting better. I think that's why it was like really positive. But in my eye, I think there's uh, some people that like cannot accept it that like being 10 men rosters and then it's like, ah, oh, whatever, why would I get benched? I just yeah. uh-huh. see you boys next they year. Or, like, they'll get I'd rather retire, it. man. You yeah. know? Yeah. 
So ha- have you talked to, because I, I watch you on Bangstream. Uh, it's really funny, by the way. Um, ha- have you talked to him at all about uh, any of those topics? Uh, um, for SKT? Yeah, for SKT and like how, what motivated him to come over or how he's feeling with it? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, I talked about it with the bangs that like, it's like, probably we can say like, not easier, but it's like, it's like kind of smooth. It's more smooth, like uh-huh. yeah. It's like more like confidence and like, like comfortable, or like you have more like kind of free time too. You're not like, worried that someone's gonna take your spot. As obviously, much. Yeah. yeah. And probably there is like it's less pressures, but it's just like also get you get stressful that you've been playing with the like best teammates, mm-hmm. and then it's like it becomes like you put you got potions that you're here for as an imports. Then you need to be like 1.5. Yeah. Times better than you're who the carry. Any LCS, yeah. You're, you're supposed to be slamming every game. You're yeah. not supposed to be yeah. depending on your teammates anymore because you're the world finalist. You're the world champion. You're the MSI champion. You know, yeah. you, when you have those accolades, it's you know when you're on SKT, you could look across and oh, okay, well I mean I'm not having a good game, but oh Faker's over there. Okay, that guy's pretty good. He probably could win. You yeah. know. Yeah, probably that's like that's the why <laughs> that you get also stressful the other way that yeah. in NALCS that you need to put resources like. You gotta carry every game. Every game, like that's like all, a lot of pressures. At the same time, like when you do when you're in LCK, you just do like be yourself. It's just like do like hundred percent, like mm-hmm. not hundred ten, you know. But in any, as soon as uh-huh. you get the NLCS, you have to show your double. So you beat Bang in the Lucian one v one in Korea. Uh, which of you got worse coming over here? Because did you guys do another Lucian one v one? Yeah. Which who won this time? Uh, bang. Bang won this time. <laughs> <laughs> You're losing it. No, no, see you in 2020. That's gonna be the real winner. Those are BO3. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe we can get you guys to do that uh, on on LCS stage or something like That'll that. That'll be cool. That'll be cool because it's like the tiebreaker. Yeah, exactly. Because the bank uh, at the 2017, like I played versus bank at the top lane, so uh-huh. I won. Yeah. But this time he said. That was unfair. So we play at the bar. So it's so going to be mid lane next time. So it's going to be mid lane. Yeah. So yeah. The actual, the next match is going to be mid lane. Then I'm going to. We could, get I him. think we could definitely arrange something. Yeah. We could get that on LCS somewhere, I'm sure. That would be pretty hype. And this is actually, um, I mean, it's kind of a funny way to bring it up, but this is one of the topics that people have been talking about since Clutch has been losing so much. And even you said this is the first time that you've had a losing record. Um, Kind of taking a look at yourself and, and your gameplay, what do you think? Um, like, what are what are the biggest uh, issues? I guess right now. Um, yeah, the biggest issues right now the just the player like as a team like we're not like really we cannot say it's like we're better player it's like so we just gotta be like be more patient for the time that our aiming is like first of all is like. Dispo- as a dispositions like going playoff at least uh-huh. and then probably need more time to actually communicate better because right now it's like I feel like our teammates are not really like comfortable comfortable each other so mm-hmm. we gotta like makes it better and we don't know like each other just as individually what we should have been like job in the game so it's like it's really hard to tell like to someone to do it you know like from other people so people mm-hmm. we should know it's like yeah, everyone should know that we should realize that what we should be doing, like as an individually, like more. Yeah, yeah, that's a super interesting and like very hard thing to tackle about teams is if people don't have like think about the game in the same way. 
Um, that's something that like Double was talking about for Team Liquid. Yeah. They they all kind of have the next steps planned out because they all think about it in the same way. Um, and I guess that is more of like a a difficult task for the coaching staff to try and get mm -hmm. everybody on the same page so that you all react in the same way. Because that's one of the most important things is communication and everyone, even like you're saying, not having to tell each other, oh, let's do this now because everyone just sees Dragon is coming up or, you know, some very simple example, um, but, you know, prepping for that and vision, stuff like that. Yep, even being like the Dragon example, right? If people don't know that at X time you have to base to get ready for Dragon, if the other team is there even 10 seconds earlier, they already have full vision, you're face checking and you're dying, they're getting Dragon, right? Yeah. You know, so those kind of things are, are huge, as you say. And and we've heard, you know, even Medios, uh, you know, him talking about about that and you know times where he has struggled a lot between his coach thinking that they should play one way him thinking he should play one way they're someone else thinking they should play another way uh it does become pretty pretty complicated I think. all right so if we if we play a game uh coach hooney and you're taking clutch this uh two and six team here the number one thing on your your morning checklist for everybody wake up for practice is we're practicing uh communication or uh you know objective control uh, probably for now, it's like, for now, I think our mindset, we got to just like keep our mindset is like, we can be still being the playoff. It's like, yeah. okay, it's early. Yeah. yeah. Keep everybody like, motivated. You guys yeah. are two games out of playoffs. P pretty much. Yeah. I mean, four and four is fifth place, right? That's mm -hmm. a tie for fifth. You guys are two and six. So you're, you're tied for last right now, but that's two games behind. Like the spread is not very big. So yeah. anyone can still make playoffs. It's like, we didn't even play half. So that's a good thing that... We gotta go over it. So, like for now, is I think we gotta obviously practice as a practice in gamely. It's like a lot need to work things to do, like communications. Mm -hmm. We get used to each other a lot to, to play more games. So for now, but we gotta keep our mentality that is like there's keep positive and keep we can keep keep make it the playoff. And that that means like who knows? Like <laughs> maybe we can even go MSI. Like yeah. Let's try out. So beside team problems, uh, the community and people have been, been somewhat critical of you as far as like everyone is used to you dominating so much because you were in Europe, you go undefeated, you go to world semifinals, you, you know, you're, then you come to North America, it's 17, one, then 16 and two, then your world finals in Korea. Now you're two and six, uh, even, you know, last split. At Rift Rivals, you everyone was expecting, myself included, you to just be slamming wonder and dominating, right? And it didn't happen. You know, what would you say? Do you think that this is just like a, a bad streak for you? Do you think you're playing worse? Do you think it's it's about the meta? Do you think it's about team the team around you playing differently? You know, what what is it that has stopped your kind of huge streak of domination? Um, as I said, like all of the, the all of the this split, actually, I was like I was like trying more actually trying to help my teams because it's like in an LCS. It's like I keep failed at like what I did. Like by myself, it's like maybe those I was like, exp like I thought that it's like maybe it's not works with well. It's not like probably fit well with my player styles in analysis right now. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was like trying to do like new things. Probably some more likely that's why it's like not being looking dominated. And also definitely we're playing as a team like worse than enemy team. Also I'm that also I'm not like really playing that well like not like at the best mm -hmm. comparing enemy top laner because it's like right now it's like there are a lot like rookies players that like being really good like their yeah. performance yeah. is really fine too so 
is really out to I out. really like how you always are searching for some new pick or you know some new solo queue strategy. Me too. Uh, most I'm bored most, of all the ergots and scions. <laughs> most recently, and top line right now is actually super fun. Yeah. Um, most recently, you had the super famous zillion top no farm going spell thieves uh, strategy, trying to harass him and uh, and kind of get around uh, the the structure of top lane even. Uh, but you're also famous for the Lucian top uh, uh, in playoffs. Um, but I mean, just just the fact that there are more doors open in top lane mm -hmm. uh, right now is super interesting. I always like it when you can try and bring out that surprise factor, right? I, I know Azale is super uh, into yeah. that as well. Yeah, I always feel like there's there's a lot of picks that sometimes go unexplored because people get really comfortable in what is the standard pick. Whether, you know, for example, around Worlds, right, it was uh, Aatrox and Urgot, right? And people are going to play these matchups and don't always explore outside of it. I think a good example was Licorice bringing out Hecarim uh, as an answer to to the Aatrox. That worked pretty well. So sometimes there are answers. And, and as Kobe said, you've been one of the guys who has been super creative with it. How do you go about finding these new picks? And do you think that there's like more room for kind of, you know, more solo queue-esque picks to come into LCS? Um, yeah, I mean, probably like I'm looking more like because it's the there's like patch notes in esports, the right like how yeah. that's how it works. Like constantly. Usually, yeah, I mean, usually like the other sports, like if you, for example, like soccer, the ball is not changing it. So that means like you got to use your brain to yeah. actually what is changing it. Like you got to keep eyes on like patch note. Mm -hmm. I think that's like good things. I like actually just use your brain. Like smarter people, smarter person will good. win. Reaper has the same coaching strategy. Use yeah. your brain. Yeah, <laughs> the smarter person, no matter what, they will just win. Like, also they put. Also, that's one of the part of the research you're just putting in. Like, that's also part of the hard work. Just use your brain. Think about like trying to managing it and just try out. Like actually, you're just putting like you're just probably sacrificing it's like one game, like few games on like just normal pick and just try out. Like that's also kind of. That could be high risk and mm -hmm. also high reward. Like, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the things that like, you got to take it. But, like, who cares? I'm just being hoony, you know? Exactly. <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest conversations we had uh, famously after the Lucian Top thing is, of course, uh, the possible pitfall of uh, you're trying to look for these new things, but you don't want to share too much. So you practice it in scrims. And, yeah. okay, you smashed, like, five teams with Lucian Top in scrims. But... Then on stage, it's a very different player because, you know, that those are the other players that are in playoffs and it's, mm -hmm. uh, you might have a, a wrong read on something like that. I guess that is the drawback of, of like, the secret weapon strategy. Yeah, I mean, the fun thing was, like, the mind Lucian top at the Emeralds, the win rate was, like, 90% yeah. something. And scrims like, yeah. It was, like, pretty insane. But the 10% was on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, my, yeah, the percentage of the, the win rate, yeah. yeah but still, I play weapon. on the SKT, though. Yeah. You guys remember it? Yeah, I yeah, play, yeah. yeah, even though I win, I won versus Kuma. Into uh, Gangplank and stuff, right? You were playing, no, I play versus Cannon. It? Oh, it's Cannon. Oh, okay, okay. I even solo kill it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was under the Kuma belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, so why do you think uh, more players don't experiment with it then? Because like, what, what's, how do you go about convincing your team to let you practice some of these picks in scrims, right? Because a lot of times I talk to players... And I'm like, well, what about this as, a, as an answer? They're like, yeah, that's probably pretty good, but my team doesn't want me to play it. Or the other team doesn't want me to play something weird, right? So you come out and you say, okay, guys, Lissandra Top is, is really good right now. And so they say they play at one scrim, and then the other team just bans it because they don't want to play against it. Like, how do you deal with that? Kind of, How do you go about convincing your team to let you practice? Um, 
probably I'm pretty talented that just like playing just like new champs, like mm -hmm. picking up like Solace, like or like when it's got remake or like who haven't played that champs is like I'm pretty talented that just like get used to one champions like really fast. Mm -hmm. So even though I play like a few games on solo queue and I just play one scream game, and even though they just perma my band because they just like they feel like mm -hmm. that's where it's just practice, right? Yeah. So it's like Whatever, I just play out in the LCS. So let's see how who's gonna win. <laughs> so what? Um, what do you think? Right? What if Riot had a patch every day? Then, if we had a patch every day, would that be the Huni meta? Because something new would happen every day, and you can instantly learn it because you're so talented. <laughs> Pretty much. That would but, be the age of Huni. But LCS will be just coin flame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, your whole team has to be able to learn the new stuff, right? So it's it's not just about one player, but. Yeah, that's definitely something that I'm always uh, hoping for is people bringing out more picks because I, I do think that we've seen it. For a long time, people said, oh, well, solo queue has no relation to, to pro play and those picks don't work just because it works in solo queue. And we've seen more players over the years, I think, bring stuff in from solo queue that is successful for them. Uh, I think Viper is is a good example. You know, he's obviously was known as, as a Riven one trick. He obviously can play other stuff now too, um, but he has had success on stage with his Riven back-to-back -back now, um, winning games on it and i always feel like there's more picks like solo queue counter picks can work you, your team just has to be willing to play around it right because i feel like most of the top lane counter picks are things that you have to play more aggressively and then your team has to be willing to actually protect you so you can play it aggressively mm -hmm. even when you think back to something like aurelia versus nar right sometimes you see people use this as a counter pick and then the aurelia is never willing to go aggressive because they're worried about the jungle the whole game well and then the nar just pokes you out and you lose right so i feel like a lot of these picks can work really well, but your team has to be willing to actually play around it too. Otherwise, you just sit on your turret and you get poked out by an ergot. Perfect setup, Azale, because one of these picks that was very controversial this last weekend, I don't know if you saw the Team Liquid TSM game. Oh, yeah. I saw it, yeah. The sure. Yorick first pick by Team Liquid for Impact. Now, the community was in an uproar. They're like, you know, what is going on? You're not playing around top. You play, uh, you know, first pick Yorick. Um, do you think... Um, that TSM is actually uh, kind of underrated and actually quite good? Or was it a lot on this pick and Team Liquid should have played around topside more um, or they should have blind picked it and, and into something like available jacks? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point because it's like, <laughs> in my opinion, there was like total disrespect yeah. from Impact mm -hmm. that maybe he didn't expect it that they're going to counter like that because since right now, Yorick met, the meta as a Yorick is like, really good it's like yep. he's strong yeah he's definitely one of the strongest pick and this one one of the like really good counter pick with it but definitely he has like weakness point like into 80 berserk with the sage was like insane counter amount it like yeah. just, even though you can't play a girl like when you get level six and jax is one of the you like yorick is also kind of you scale for level six with the ulties but Jax also kind of, kind of like skills for level 6 too it's like mm -hmm. one of the champions that you need to punish pre-6 but that's what happens like they play with a sage around it I think it was like more like a disrespect just like an enemy that you just blind pick Yorick yeah when it has like the the clear weakness point mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think blind picking Yorick, Yorick as, a, as you said is really good as a counter pick and I think even just if a lot of that stuff was banned out, you know, think, things like Jax and Yasuo, even I think Renekton can be really hard for it. Clegg can be hard for it. There are picks that can beat it, but it does really well in the so many matchups. But I was just disappointed. I mean, I think 
uh, TSM, to their credit, played great. I think Acadian did such a good job tracking Smithy and actually mm -hmm. punishing him in the early game, and they played amazing. But that being said, I think, A, first blind picking Yorick is pretty troll. Then the fact that once they did that, the only chance I think Yorick actually has is early game against Jax. Jax outscales you hard in the 1v1, and it gets to a point where Jax when he has enough items, actually just pops Counter-Strike and kills your ultimate, and then you have no way to fight back. You can't fight him without your alt out. There's actually no chance. So the fact that once they did this, they didn't even try to really gank top or play around it, I felt like was just kind of dooming impact to to losing because Kadeem was was coming multiple times, Thresh roam top guy's flash, Kadeem comes and kills him, and... I felt Impact kind of got flamed unfairly for this because we don't know who, like, if the coach wanted to pick it early, if he asked for it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think the pick was, uh, you know, in a, in a poor place. But also, the team did not play around the pick at all, right? If, if you're just saying, oh, well, I guess we can't go top because Sedge and Jax are, are going to be too strong in 2-2, then you just kind of lost off draft because Jax is going to outscale you and slam you in the 1v1 eventually. So I felt like TL had a really poor game plan and execution. Um, but TSM did play great to their credit. So, you know, you can't take away from them because they didn't make, really make any mistakes. But I do think York should be played more. I just uh, not as a blind pick unless you're doing it like with a lot of top lane bans and then like, blind picking. Yeah. So this target ban with the York also should be like good. Like, actually, yeah. the champion is like insane strong right now. The ulti yeah. is just like even stronger than York right now. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, you got to take it. Yeah, you have to protect your... I base to heal up my alt sometimes. <laughs> like, you are actually garbage without that. And it heals in the well. So if they, if, if you're... You, like, you go to the turret, you can back off and leash it, so you save your ghoul. And then if it's at like 10% health, you can just base and walk back to lane to heal it back up because it heals true. in the well. And, and you're actually so garbage without your ultimate. Like, you have to... As soon as you lose the, the your ulti, it's like... You like your, your turret. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> laning like for two minutes and a half. Yeah. The DDR is like, is wrong. And it's like... It's, it's really sad champs without ultis. Yeah. yeah. And so much so much of the game is warped by all these picks. But my favorite question to ask all the pros that uh, come on is to rank uh, the top three or maybe the three like scariest uh, top laners to go against like in scrims and stuff uh, for for each team. And then probably your bottom one. <laughs> bottom one. Bottom one. Let's start with the good ones start though. Like, yeah, yeah, if sure, you're, yeah, if you're sure, heading yeah, into sure, scrims yeah, today sure. and you're like, ah, oh, you know, tomorrow morning we're fly, uh, FlyQuest. Uh, ha, 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 where, where, where do they all rank for LCS top laners? <sighs> yeah, I mean, not including me. Not exactly. Not who needs number one? Number one. Zero. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's above the list. So yeah, I mean, if I started with the number three, okay. okay, number three would be like probably impact. Okay, I feel like yeah, the York player. Yeah, yeah the York player. <laughs> yeah, jungle difference. Not his fault. So why <laughs> why uh, why does impact rank around three? Is it because like it, he's good for team play? Is it actually laning phase? Um yeah, he's like really decent for like laning phase. Even though he got like really bad pick, not except the Yorick game because that's like he's champs, you know. Like even though he's losing matchup as a tanks, like he's rock solid. He's mm -hmm. like Onyx, you know. It's like he's Malphite. He's like <laughs> like stone. Like I just kind of break that, break that. Like uh -huh. even though like. Like I tried to counter pick him, like I counter it, it's like doesn't work, you know? It's like yeah. your autos just do less damage against impact. <laughs> he's that's why like he's passive, so I rank him in the third. Even though because it's like like so that's like really specific games, like he got really poor draft and uh -huh. really excused really bad. So I think it's really understandable. Mm -hmm. And 
that's why I choose rank three of the impact. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Probably and rank two is gonna be <laughs> well, who's that? Someday? Uh, <laughs> Probably Viper. Okay. Oh, Viper? Nice. Yeah, he's, been, he's been playing well, wow. pretty well. Snake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so okay, okay. I mean, even if you want, I mean, at the moment, just like probably this is like for just like right. For this yeah, for current season. Current, right, yeah, now, yeah. right now, right now. Yeah. Right now. It's like since like FlyQuest is like pretty high, right? It's like third right, mm -hmm. right now. It's like their third. Mm -hmm. Like, it's pretty weird. Like, if you see that, like, their rosters right now, it's like, no one is like... Your boy Turtle? Yeah. And Poe Belter? Your uh, old teammates? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, but... <laughs> but definitely they were... Them well. I mean, definitely they were not the best, like, last season. Like, last yeah, season. I mean, I like, thought they would be one of the worst... worst yeah, I mean, that, like, that's what I thought, too. Like, I, I expected that FlyQuest was going to be, like, worse than this. But the point is, like, right now, is like, Viperius is actually... Even though he's rookie, he's like playing. He's been playing pretty well so yeah. far. Yeah. So he, that's why that's the point. Is like, I, I ranked him like higher because it's like even though he's like rookie and like, even though he, like even though he has like not optimal teammates, like he's been pretty doing so far well. So that's what that's why I like. I like that. We always like, get like an higher. interesting answer. In yes, yeah. it is. It is really cool that you say that because I remember when we were talking in our preseason rankings, we were talking about okay, well, what would it take for FlyQuest to do really well? And I was thinking, okay, well, Viper is going to have to play really well. And there's so many good top laners. I didn't think he would be able to to be good enough for them to be a top team. And so I ranked them really lowly. And and he has really shown up and been very good. And it's cool also that two of their wins were <laughs> are with the Riven, right? He won everyone's respect by picking Riven. I think he's not going to get to play much more Riven, though. I think people are going to start banning it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's got to be one of the like big advantages right now. It's like there's since there's a lot of OP and at the same time, if you have to ban the Riven, that's gonna be like a lot of pressures, yeah. obviously. So it's gonna be like for a team that is like getting pressures like a lot, probably. So who's lucky number one? <sighs> the best besides Uni. Best besides me. Yeah. Um, probably I would rank the. Somebody, somebody's not on the list. You know, most people would say, "Look, yeah, wait, 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 yeah. no one, don't yeah, spoil. Yeah. And probably rank one is gonna be like Rikrish. Okay, uh, okay, he's doing pretty, yeah. doing really well. Yeah, that's and the expected. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sorry for like Broken Blade, even though he's playing pretty well. Like right now, I was like, but like we will have to probably see more. Like mm -hmm. Rikrish is definitely just playing pretty well, and yeah, I mean, definitely he's just like. Also, even though he's got like the same same things like losing matchups, he's been pretty well uh -huh. and doing super well and whatever. He just like really it for like I think he's like he can just play also like whatever he wants to mm -hmm. like as a team. So I think it's pretty good. All right, you don't have to do this, um, but is there one player where you wake up in the morning and you're like, all right, we're scrimming this team? I don't really win. have to wake up at all. It's fine. I'll play half asleep. Uh, like, who, who's that player? You don't have to do oh, that one. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's just go for, right, you know, Kobe. like the, the my old friend. Uh, okay, uh, here we go. No, 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 no. Okay, so you don't have to say that. But what I will ask you is. 
Uh, (laughs) Where does Someday fit in on a list for you then? Because a lot of people Mm -hmm. talk about Someday as one of the best top laners in the league. A lot of people had been really impressed with him. I know he didn't have a great start on 100 Thieves, and they're not nearly as high in the standings as people had expected. Um, But you mentioned three guys. You know, you have yourself up there, obviously. You mentioned Broken Blade. So that puts him at least not in the top five, right? No, that's not not really true. That is like right now it's been so far. Like, Well, it's just this season. I know. No, no, no. no. It's not like first rank is like, Definitely, we can see it. Like the second is like it's fine too. It's like, but third was like really hard to choose it because like okay. it's like Broken Blade is like someday impact. It's like it's just like my opinion is like when a versus like someone is like that's gonna be like like toughest like yeah. rank. Cause like it's really kind of hard to say that like who's gonna be like just best by so far. I mean that's gonna be like no matter what the first the first rank is gonna be we're gonna see the when end of the season. Mm-hmm. At the who's gonna get who's gonna get just a winner at the NLCS. So you still see someday as up with yeah, all those pretty other sure, guys. yeah, pretty yeah. sure. But it's like really hard to rank about it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I have I have one more question for you. Then this is kind of back to to an earlier topic when we we're talking about you know you in Korea and how much pressure there was versus here and whatnot. You know, one of the things that a lot of people do talk about is. Uh, the longevity of pros' careers, right? A lot of pros only play for a couple of years and then they retire and you never hear from them again. Do you think that, you know, there's too much pressure to have a long career, you know, in a system like SKT? You know, is the North American or European system better for that? You know, if you're trying to be a guy who can play pro for 10, 15, 20 years or whatever, uh, you know, what what is the kind of system that, that you want to see? Um, yeah, I mean, also that's a really good point that for professional players, like, obviously you don't want to retire as soon as you play one year and it's like, uh-huh. gone. like, why would I do it? So it's like, I feel like the NA, the market is like the, right now the legal business is like way more like solid and mm-hmm. like bigger too. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like, you can just like keep playing and being really f- fine. It's like, you can keep your top, like. There's a lot of things that you can just decide of the like, not only playing like just as a professional too. After you can, you, after retire, you can just do whatever you want too. Like yeah. it's gonna be like streaming, or yeah, or like big big futures. So like that's why I choose to like also one of the reasons is like come back to NA, like make my brand like bigger and maybe who knows like yeah. Also like I'm maybe I would like to do also like coach like casters like at the after like i retire uh-huh. so that's gonna be like my goal like you're always welcome on the caster desk with us if you want to do a, a yep, trial you can just come up you don't have to be invited to sit down <laughs> we'll have a try cast <laughs> yeah yeah we can try cast i like it though you have a very unique opportunity right now so you should definitely uh make the most of it yeah for sure i, I mean i'll for sure do it like no matter what I'll, 10 out of 10 all right. I think that is going to wrap up yep. our section of the dive with Hooney. If you guys want more Hooney, you can catch them on Saturday. They're playing against Golden Guardians. He's going against Hanser. I think you're going to do pretty well. Good luck, though. Let's make it. Uh, let's make it. That's Thanks the time so to just bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> Straight winning all the rest. All right. Next, we are going to bring in Freak. All right, welcome, Freak. Uh, you are going to join our dive episode halfway through for mm-hmm. Patch and Meta. And I, yes, I know I lost uh, the bet yeah. uh, this last weekend. We'll put these on. Time starts now, Kobe. Yeah, we're hanging out. I'll put this on after the show. We've we've decided, actually, um, that me and Mark are going to split the time because 24 hours is insanely long. Uh-huh. So you're going to start my time now because yep. I want to get out of here as quickly as possible. Yep. I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I actually know how to undo these yet. <laughs> uh, but, 
You know what? When I figure it out, the handcuffs are on. If since he's uh, incompetent, I'm starting my time yeah, now. Yeah, no, the time the time counts. We're hanging out. But, <laughs> By uh, the way, for people who didn't watch this last weekend, on our countdown, uh, we do the predictions, and there's a bet on the predictions. Whoever lost would have to be handcuffed to Freak for 24 hours. The cruelest of fates. Yeah, for me especially. And both me and Mark got it wrong. Yeah, I wasn't even asked if I should be participating. It just <laughs> happened. I was like, guess I'm doing this now. Mm. I'm glad Freak's always down. Go where I'm told. Uh, But for this show, for the dive, let's get into the patch notes because this is always a super fun, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's super strong. Uh, Huni was just with us talking about he's so talented. One of his greatest strengths is immediately adapting to patches and not having to play champions uh, very many times before he gets it. Okay. Freak has actually had access to these yes. patch notes a little bit further in advance because he does the patch rundown. Me and Zale are just reading them now, but mm-hmm. start us off, Freak, with maybe your biggest impact sure. uh, changes for this patch. Uh, biggest for me are the top three champs in pro play, Lucen, Urgot, and Thresh are all getting nerfed. Mm-hmm. Um, Urgot's look pretty good. I know, Isaiah, you saw those, and those really stood out to you. Lucian's are pretty small. It's mostly the like the three-point W build yeah. being hit. Um, so a lot of Lucians now, especially in pro play, are starting yeah. W uh, yeah. and Manifold putting out a couple extra points into it as well. There we go. hard. Drake came on and instantly I'm not a handcuff expert. He didn't say he was. it was hard. He just said he could All right, that's a little tight. Uh, you know what? That's where we are. <laughs> this is looking good. All right, we're this hanging out now. Good. This is perfect. What's thank up, you. Bud? Thank this you, is, Trey. All right, let's rest that. it here. There yeah. we go. All right, okay. right on the mic stand. Teamwork. All right, we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, solutions there are pretty small. Honestly, I think he's still going to be probably 80% presence in pro. Uh, it means that Ezreal <laughs> is going to pick up some of that slack as well and probably be 80%. Yeah. Uh, Urgot will finally drop off number one. Like, he's, you know, 90% plus. Like, uh-huh. there's only two champions above 80 right now in pro and 9.3. So I think the overall bounce is pretty good out side of Lucian Urgot, those two are gonna Lucian drop a little bit, Urgot will drop a lot. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be interesting too because Lucian has really high presence, but it's mostly in bands, right? Yeah. So this could actually, these nerfs might actually get Lucian played more in pro yep. play, as, as funny as that is, because he may drop off the band priority a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I tend to think that, you know, I, I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about these Urgot changes, but those to me looked like Urgot is actually just dead and gone from the game. Mm-hmm. So the Urgot changes were his his shield at level one goes from 60 to 30 and it costs 20 more mana uh the mana is cost is flattened across all ranks the rank one q cost is also 20 more mana i think that you will just be out of mana in laning phase i i don't i'm there may be a time where yep. we increase the the baseline mana cost of a champion this much but i've never seen multiple spells increase by this much at one time that i can recall uh, so I, I think these changes are actually massive. And yeah. you, since you're maxing Q, you're not going to have multiple points in your W for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's almost always the the skill order that you're going to go. So uh, cutting that in half, I think, is pretty significant. And uh, not being able to spam Q in lane, not being able to spam W in lane, I think you're going to see this guy probably just yeah. fall out of pro play completely. I first thing I do is scroll down and look at junglers and holy guacamole, Rengar was doing more than double oh, yeah. damage on Q <laughs> rank one. It says there's a bug fix here where his Q savagery was doing 70. It's supposed to do 30. So they're fixing that. I feel like that. <laughs> I didn't even see him a lot. The, so yeah, I thankfully got to pass most of that. The higher rating you get, the more junglers have to do their own leashes and and don't get like pulls yeah. from other people. So level ones are more Rengar impacted the higher you go. I, I, I guess like 
maybe lower elo won't matter that much because you instantly get level two when someone pulls sure. the camp for but you. you still got to get right to Q. Yeah, and for level one invades, when guys like hopping yeah. out the bunch of people. Um, that's crazy. Anyways, that's, yeah. that's, and that's just a bug fix. That's not even yep. a, a balance change for the champion. Yep. But the other two I see are Rek'Sai and Hecarim. I'm super excited about both of these. Um, I always like it when there's more diverse uh, pool for junglers to play. And Hecarim was one that I was already trying to play. So these look like some nice light buffs. They're not huge or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I'll feel more comfortable playing them. And quality of life for Rek'Sai. Zyrene plays a lot of Rek'Sai. And yeah. the, one of the things I hear him complain about <laughs> more than anything else is the ultimate feeling very inconsistent about when it's when it's going to land or not. Yeah, you guys should just hold hands. We need to embrace it. I'm what actually going to... Well, we need a little bit more slack. Oh, okay. We're like pulling on each other. I guess, yeah, both... All right, we're in the there. middle, maybe. Okay, that, that's better. Yeah, because all right, now we can. There was a, a tension bit. here. That's like yeah. this metal. There's a lot of tension between you and me, Kobe. Uh -huh. I like the hands like touching, but like you not can feel it in the air. It's, it's electric. I, I can feel his finger hairs, even though our hands aren't touching. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you were saying, yeah. Phil? <laughs> I mean, the Rex I changed his quality of life, right? Yeah. It, it's one of those things that that is going to. Yeah, my quality so, of life so is taking a hit recently. Mine too. Yeah. Okay. 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 Go. Sorry, it's not gonna get uh, old my, for a while, Sale. No, yeah. Our whole day is this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zipper got a bug fix as well. This one yeah. actually doesn't look that. You got bad, accidentally though. buffed under W last patch. Uh, like okay. It snuck through, so it's back down to the old version. Zipper was played a little bit before. She's still a little, little bit played now. Um, I think other big ones to me are uh, New Conqueror. Mm -hmm. They're doing the Rebirth Conqueror, yeah. and it's it's basically halfway over to what um, uh, press the not press Fervor. the attack Fervor Battle was. Uh, it works on spells as well as attacks. I'm reading it properly. Also, uh, you're gonna miss this reading the patch notes if you're not paying attention. It is adaptive force, not attack damage. The numbers are lower than you think for attack damage champions. Mm -hmm. It's not that big of a buff. Uh, it takes about three to four stacks on champions to get the equal amounts of AD. You need the fifth stack to get the true damage conversion. So it will take time to ramp up. It's mm. not just a strict buff. Um, because Do you see you can't mages it using mages it then, either. since it's adaptive? Right, and because it works on spells and it's adaptive, it can work on mages. And I could see mm -hmm. someone like maybe a Cassie P is going to land ease, a Rise is going to chain through things. Yeah. Um, it still has the 10% true damage conversion, so it's still some anti-tank. Mm -hmm. It now has 10% uh, omni-vamp as well on the damage dealt to champions. It's got everything in it. Um, <laughs> so like, it is it is going to be pretty good it for sort crazy of- for Aurelia. Mid yeah, champions. I think it can be solid for Aurelia getting healing as well. Um, but someone like Ryze or Cassiopeia, who's playing more mid-range and actually wants the healing in there as well. Like, I can yeah. see any of those sort of mid-range short-range champions with high attack speed or high sort of spell uh, repetitions. That can matter a lot. Maybe like Riven can now sustain tank through any tank, that kind of stuff. Riven can already do that. But you but you don't need Death Stance, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you don't have to wait for two items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Oh, a fun prospect. I see another cool one, Zed. Uh, did yep. you mention Zed, Zed already? Not he yet. got played in Europe in the LEC. Yeah, yeah Nuke Duck. Duck. Nuke Duck played it, countered, uh, was it Cassiopeia, I think? He got a, he got the early kill yeah. um, in lane as well, and they won. Yep. So he's, let's see. He's These look like bonkers. buffs. Q damage increase, attack yeah. speed increase. They're all, they're all strict buffs. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's all strict buff, so he's definitely going to be stronger. Well, I guess, sorry, the, the non-strict buff is he doesn't get free attack damage of the ult anymore. Um, and that oh. will matter in the late game. Like, certainly his scaling's up a little bit, especially mm -hmm. his laning is definitely up, his split pushing is up from the attack speed. Not getting, like, 30, 40, whatever free attack damage at some point later in the game will matter. Mm -hmm. That is going to be relevant at some point, so so we'll see how it shakes out. It does kind of lift that burden of, like, I need to go down yeah, bottom carry. and kill this yeah. AD carry. Yep. 
yep. um, or else I'm not getting full value though. So that's kind of cool. It does open up windows for him. I would be super happy if we started seeing more Zed and Fizz, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. assassin counters mixing up the meta a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it makes laning phase a lot more explosive, a lot more interesting. I think when you pick a champion like that, you're not just going to sit and try to farm even against a Cassiopeia, right? Like you have to do something and, and actually play aggressively, try to get kills, try to snowball. And as you say, it, it opens it up against maybe a, a more diverse cast of, of champions because you don't have to feel obligated to killing off an AD. You can be alting the mage every time in a fight if that's the most effective target. So uh, that sounds pretty pretty cool to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the biggest ones I think really are, are the couple competitive ones. The Thresh one I think is also worth mentioning a little bit. They're adding four seconds on the Q at level one. Yep. So four seconds extra cooldown on the hook. The mana cost is also going up. I've got to say... I'm kind of disappointed by that buff simply because... So I know Thresh is a very strong pick right now yep. and is considered the kind of top pro pick for support right now. Mm -hmm. But it's such an interesting skill-based champion and he doesn't at least feel to me to be oppressive. Now, I'm not playing... On sure. LCS stage sure. against these guys, so the people that I'm playing, uh, who you're also like, playing yeah. low, yeah, low. So all the fans are playing now, Kobe. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. 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 You, you could have been silver you. last season. No, um, but uh. <laughs> but I just think that it's it's such a, a fun champion that I'm I'm less I'm always less okay with nerfs when sure. it's a champion that's exciting to watch. Right? Okay. You know, I would always rather have a Thresh be the high presence guy than a Braum, yeah, or an mm -hmm. Alistar, or you know a Tom Kench. Right? So so for me. Uh, I'm kind of bummed about about those, uh, but hopefully it doesn't actually like, well, really. Well, you know where uh, to send your slightly bummed. It's uh, all Jack's fault. Yep. yep. <laughs> Every change at TSM Jet on Twitter. Sorry, <laughs> at Riot Chat on Twitter. Um, Wait, he's a he's nerfing Hakuho directly. <laughs> uh, the yeah. TSM counter. Oh, yeah, Hakuho's a TSM counter. Oh Perfect. my goodness, he's a genius. <laughs> he's a genius. Um, for what it's worth, though, I will say I don't think these nerfs are very big. Uh, just no, again for context, huge. Thresh is the number three champion across pro, and I agree. Like yeah. I would rather see Thresh every game than Karma every game, etc. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this is a champion who goes coin half the time anyway. Um, even in pro play, you max Q first, so that cooldown goes away by mm -hmm. level nine, which, okay, yeah. is not instantly in pro. You lose, you lose a lot of XP by roaming, but um, this nerf is smaller than, for example, Ergot's. Yeah, and it's in, not Intentionally close. so, don't get me wrong. I mean, the mana um, the mana basically doesn't matter at all, especially yeah. for pro, where they're not actually hooking yeah, on hook nonstop because they're sitting on the ability for... Yeah. For the threat of the ability. Yeah. All right. Any other notes catch your eye before? Uh... Nothing. I think that's that's about it for me. I mean, um, we'll for see. Soliku, Yasuo nerfs is nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he doesn't seem that much in so, pro, but was viable. Yeah. And actually, Yasuo was more banned and more picked, I think, in a lot of the other regions. Uh, I was looking yeah. at um, a couple of the other ones, and they, they had a lot more Yasuo bans. Teams were worried about people picking Yasuo with all the yeah. changes to crit items. In NA, we had he maybe banned a couple yeah. times. He's we had, we had a couple presence across pro this patch. Yeah. yeah. So over half of all champ selects had him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was definitely really strong. I was seeing him a lot in solo queue. Yeah. And uh, he he was especially because I'm playing a lot of Yorick. I think he's the hardest champion in the game to play against as Yorick. So I've been perma banning Yasuo. Yeah. Just get that out of my game. Yeah. He he could go with the the new Phantom Dancer. Then you don't have to go as defensive as. Like Steric right. Gage and you stuff. You can't anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right. Yeah. Best yeah. of both. But worlds, also right? you don't have to. And then you can just go build <laughs> Ruin King and stuff. And yeah. 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 Um, so uh, you guys kind of touched on TSM, but that was when I wanted to start this uh um 
Okay. LCS and, and, a, and a talk with basically. Uh, we bring on Freak a lot of times, you know, because we love chatting with him. Uh, Me too. And we uh, love his presence. But yep. also for the hot takes, okay. one of the biggest discussions was this Team Liquid uh, TSM match. We talked yeah. with Tony about it a little bit. And, and he was definitely like, yes, you know, the York matchup, you know, warps a lot of it. They didn't play around it. And um, and it's 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 a lot of kind of hubris on Team Liquid's part to first pick that. Yeah, disrespectfully. Uh, exactly. When when there's uh you know so many things available for TSM to counter with, and they did a good job jumping on that opportunity. Jack, before the weekend's game started, tweeted out that TSM are underrated. They're gonna smash Team Liquid, and they ended up doing it. Do you think that mm. Jack is right and TSM are are headed to the top right now, or was this just? More of a uh, team liquid did their you know bun bumble and draft or whatever. Uh, I mean a bit of both. I think TSM have like they are far better than the record shows. Like uh, every time yeah. it was like wow why They're are TSM players, two right? whatever. Like, no no TSM are legitimately really good. Like they had a couple of like awkward losses where Zven entered on accident or on purpose. <laughs> That's always awkward. But but like when you're star eighty carry like broken blade dies for more than three. Sven. I, I mean but, but I, I can just remember like the, the clutch one sticks in my mind so much okay, where okay. he ults into a uh on Kaisa into Elysium and stopwatch and just dies. Also, and then Mate wins a team fight, right? I, like Freak looks at the AD carries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, it's been more like a broken yeah, blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, TSM's actually really, really good. Like, they could easily have been 6-2 and two right now and tied with Cloud9 with just, mm -hmm. like, Zven makes one less mistake in yeah. two games. Like, yeah. one less mistake so to, in those so games. put it into context, I'm curious, where do you actually see them then yeah. as far as how good they are? Because you say way better than their record. Yeah. They're tied for fourth. Sure, they're tied for they're fourth. They're one but, game out of third. But they're also a better team than four and four, right? Yeah. So, they're like, the next one I think is, like, Echo Fox or something like that. So, they're probably yeah. going to go, like, five yeah. and four. Um, or sorry, CLG. I think they'll win against them as well. So I would put them as like a probably a seven and two, or um, yeah, seven so and two coming out the round certainly. robin, right? Tie with C9 in standings if they hadn't had those two mistakes, which like yeah, that feels kind of revisionist. But I think they're a top three team. I think yeah. they have a chance at the title. I just think Liquid's better than them. I think Jack got like lucky in saying that TSM is going to smash them and then being right. Um, but yeah, I think they're right next to C9 there. I think they're yeah. better than FlyQuest. I like FlyQuest. They're probably also top four. But yeah, coming into the season, I ranked TSM third. I think. Mm -hmm. So that's slightly above. Yeah, I think that's I can't remember above where they are. Third, one of those. Um, uh, well, I think we all had TLC nine. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, so I do like I I have for my everyone was talking about preseason and mm -hmm. practicing and still all the way up through now. Like I do think it is a good team. Um, some of the mistakes you're talking about though that we saw on stage uh, did did give a little pause. So I was like, oh wait a second, are they actually going to slide down the standings? I think that was a super important win for them. Yeah. yeah. The TL win was such a statement win because they look good while doing it. They had cleaned up a lot of the mistakes of coordination in the mid game. Mm -hmm. You know, they pulled it off with split pushing. You know, the Jack's uh, broken blade did well in this game, and he had yeah. been one of the guys that had made a lot of mistakes too. So, in the areas that they had been looking pretty poorly and causing me some worry, they looked a lot better. Yeah. I also felt like. The uh, Kadian having such a good game was yeah, really, Kadian really big because I had seen him getting a lot of flack. And, <laughs> and we so, got the best meme ever yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, it was going to be the best meme ever, whether they crashed and burned <laughs> or got first place, because yep. that is just applicable uh, no matter yeah. what, right? Some good copy pasta. The, oh, the, two, the 2 and 14 TSM, the we will smurf soon, would still have been good, <laughs> trust me. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he, was, he played really, really well against Smithy. You know, when I looked at that, that game, I you know, as we talked about earlier, there was lots of mistakes on the TL side, but on the TSM side, on the really positive side, 
uh, Acadian completely tracked Smithy. He shut him down early. He felt he pushed him off the scuttle. He steals away his blue. He's nonstop stealing his blue. So Acadian, I thought, had a really, really good game. And I think that is certainly uh, a good thing for TSM. I also felt like the Jack, the Jack tweet, you know, in that, everyone talked about the, <laughs> the result that he's talking about. But I saw that very much as just a supportive tweet of Smoothie or, or comment. Maybe it was on Reddit. I can't remember. There but was because, that, yeah. Because uh, the initial part of the, of the, comment is you know andy is one of the hardest workers in the scene he's yeah. gonna be good tsm is gonna be great just watch they'll be tl right yeah. andy being andy toss smoothie exactly so i i saw that very much as uh hey guys you know lay off the criticism on smoothie you know he, he's gonna be good and kind of supporting his old player too so i don't know maybe he did really truly believe that they were just gonna blast tl and they've been popping off in scrims but i also mm -hmm. saw this as as an owner supporting one of his ex-players. So either way, I liked the move. You know, and I, I thought that was nice of him. By Jack, fact, by Jack. Yeah, yeah, Jack has always struck me as a guy who really fights for his players and really supports his players. And so it was nice for me to see that even though Smoothie's no longer on their team and is their competition, it still felt like, oh, he's still in his corner. Uh, so that felt kind of really cool, like genuine, uh, just to actually see that happening. So... More respect for Jack. <laughs> Especially since Cloud9 has so many players that are still yeah. float around the LCS after they, they yep. leave Cloud9. It's cool to see. I have to say, uh, one other super interesting fact uh, for TSM that Paul put in our document, they are currently on a 1,407-day win streak versus Counter Logic Gaming. That's absurd. <laughs> it's El Clasico no longer. That's insane. Because <laughs> you think back and you're like, yeah, you know, it's God. been a long time since CLG beat TSM. 1,407 It's like four years. Days. Four years, yeah. That's ludicrous. That's insane. And the reason it's in there is because they're playing them uh, first game this weekend. Um, that's I, actually absurd. That's actually absurd. I do it's have really them favored. Like if we did predictions right now, um, like I just default to yeah. uh, you know slight percentages or whatever. This, I'm sure I would favor them. I do think that CLG um, have been looking better though. Uh, yeah, we are kind of worried now that there were nerfs to Scion, but does that mean that it'll be easier for them to get tanks? So, because this CLG I mean, topic is another interesting that, one. That's yeah. where when Freak talks about TSM look better than their record, I. I still feel like CLG looks worse than their record. I mm, still have mm. concerns, and, and I know uh, you know people will will be unhappy to hear this, but I just think that their playstyle has has been very one dimensional in that they have yet to show that they can win with anything other than late game team fighting and tanks. However, I, Team Liquid most successful team like they have impact on tanks almost all the time. Like if, if you can master yeah, that, if, and you if can you, if you can right, and and I think that it my my question is just how many other picks do they have? And it's not that they can't succeed. It's just that Scion have been so incredibly dependent on Scion. Three of their four wins are on Scion. Their only other win is on Urgot. Uh, there are other games where they play. They played in a Kali game. They played an Aatrox game off the top of my head. But the Kali um, was Teleport Ignite too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because it was, it was all about using Xerath to get side kills. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Aatrox game was a travesty. I mean, yeah. I don't think they should have picked it at all. I thought that champion was pretty dead after the changes, especially Some teams still with, pick him. With the double dash. But, I mean, that went really bad regardless. I just think that they're they're clearly trying to, to do some of these other strategies. Um, if if they can come out and and have some more tanks and, and more uh, champions along that style that work for them, then I will have some more faith. Uh, but right now, when they showed the Orn, that did not look good. When they showed the Aatrox, that did not look good. So, uh -huh. so you're it, a non-believer currently. I'm a non-believer currently until Darshan shows me some more picks because I do I do agree that it is a playstyle that 
can work, right? As uh-huh. It's a standard play style. It's nothing too crazy. But they need more picks than just Sion Ergot, yep. or teams are going to do exactly what happened to them last game, mm-hmm. which was ban Sion, first pick Ergot, if you don't have anything else, you do yep. that every single game to them. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm remembering even back to uh, the famous MSI CLG um, squad where you know they it was at the time pretty much the best international performance that yeah. NA had ever had. Yeah, you know, MSI finals. Yeah, exactly, getting to finals. Um, and part of it was Darshan playing stuff like Poppy. Poppy. Yep. Um, yep. They were happy to take CS deficits because they have a tank matchup and you get bullied a little bit, but he would play with the team really well. Exactly. Sticks they would carry. Um, One of the things I'm looking at in the game where they picked Ornn, everyone was focusing on, oh my God, you know, he's getting blasted on Ornn. There was a lot of jungle pressure up there. The team had an opportunity to get advantages on the bottom side of the map while, um, you know, Darshan's getting forced off and getting Mm -hmm. down in CS and stuff. Um, um, and they they were unable to do that. A couple times they had to pull off because they there was vision. A couple times they yeah. you know didn't go for the tower dive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that people should like it should be a holistic view um, and like look at what if we're gonna sacrifice some area, you know what can we get yeah. on the other side yeah. too. My, my concern is just that I honestly think Darshan's laning has been so poor mm-hmm. that he, there's very few picks that can hide that. And, and I'm, that's being harsh, but that's just me being honest because when you look at that Orin game, people people do point to the fact that he got ganked, but he also gave up his flash. I think it was level one or level two by essentially being up on a mini wave as Orin. If, if I recall correctly, it was against an Urgot. I may be misremembering, but either way, it, it was a, a matchup where he essentially had no business being in range to fight. Mm-hmm. Orin's trading is awful. You don't even have the W shield anymore. His laning has just felt so poor that I feel like only Sion and Urgot have been able to to really hide that. And and I, I'll be happy to see him prove me wrong, but in, until he does, that is my big concern for CLG. Because when you see these patterns, teams will start to target in Pikman, right? Yeah. And he has to prove me wrong, and he has to prove these other teams wrong. And when he starts picking up wins on other champions, then hey, it opens up for them to do really well. So for what it's worth, and this is not really supposed to be a gotcha, it's just I'm just looking up stats. Um, his goal difference at 10, Darshan, right now is negative, uh, but it's actually above Viper, Impact, and Huni. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that means he's bottom four, right? Like, it's not like it's good, but he's not, at least right now, statistically, historically, bleeding CS and bleeding turrets. He's down a bit, and, like, if my top lane is tank only, he's minus 75, like, I'm cool with that. TL does worse than that, and they're fine. So, uh, to kind of Kobe's point, like, I think you can take one style, and I don't think, like, this CLG is going to go, like, make world semis, but... I mean, you're playing NALCS. Like, making playoffs is an improvement from last year. Like, go get sixth place, and you're at least getting something back for your fans. Go play your one style. Have him learn Poppy and Maokai, and just just camp for Stick Say. And yeah, yeah he'll Again, bleed out a little. Style is fine, but until he shows me that he yeah, and he needs to know Poppy and other, stuff. other champions. Yeah, then then I don't have a lot of faith in them. I do have to add this other technicality since Paul put uh, that stat in there, the 1,407 okay. days. He also added in. That technically CLG won single games against CSM. This is the match. all in part okay. of best so of threes. Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, best of threes. So just in case that people yeah. are are gonna get outraged, yeah. No match wins. Single games, but yeah. Um, no match wins. They they were part of best of threes. Um, but yeah, I think that that's pretty good for for that matchup. Uh, something else people are looking forward to since FlyQuest is doing so well. Cloud Nine versus FlyQuest. Yeah. Is gonna be exciting, and that's not. 
immediately where people's minds go to when they hear these brands, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it was for Civil War. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, yeah. that's true. Um, but with Huni actually on the show earlier, ranking Viper as number two and Licorice, and is Licorice number one. is number one. This is technically by Huni rankings number one versus number two top laner mm -hmm. matchup. So get hype. Yeah, that's super exciting. I actually am definitely in love with FlyQuest this season. I like they picked up some really, really good players. I'm glad Viper brought out the double Riven games. Pavelter is yeah, he always, won a lot of fans, but... Yeah, oh, that was great. I was so happy I got to cast that game. Pavelter is has always been a very, very good domestic mid laner. Hasn't quite been able to translate, um, you know, across the globe, but he's always been top 10 is his own joke. But usually, I mean, realistically, like top three, top four. Um, like he's realistically top three, top four always NALCS. And like yep. that's always really, really good. Turtle's got a bunch of titles as well. Centaurin's got titles like FlyQuest, like are very can't get good. comfortable. I can't. No. There we go. This I think this is oh, going to work. You found a spot for it? Yeah. I have smaller wrists than you. I'm actually fine. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, these are both really, really good teams. I think FlyQuest being in third is not fraudulent at all. I think no. they are actually this good as a team. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's semifinals to NALCS. Like, this is going to be a good match. Yeah, you look at their losses, uh, and there wasn't a, a moment where you're like, oh my God, what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. Right? There were, there were like small mistakes where the other team got advantages. Totally. I mean, even the the loss against CLG, you know, they were massively ahead, right? And that's a game that they they were up like 7K or something. So that was certainly one that they could have mm. win and they couldn't actually close. That was, yeah, that, that actually really might have been game. their worst, I think. That was probably, probably their worst, but still, they were, they, were in a position where they could have easily won the game. And uh, this is a team that I was very wrong about and have been uh, really pleasantly surprised. And we talked about it earlier, but with, with Huni, where he was talking about Viper. And, and I just think that Viper has really stepped up and been so much better than, than myself and a lot of other people were expecting coming into the LCS. And as a result, the team is looking really, really good. And I think it, it's, it's cool that he brought out the Riven. I do think Riven's just going to start getting banned against them a lot. But hmm. but he has played other stuff and done well on other stuff. So yeah. even if all Riven gets you is just one free ban from the other team every game. That's great. That's really good, right? Yeah. Because the team has not felt completely reliant upon it. They got their last two wins with it, but they were three and three without Riven. They were doing they were doing fine. Yeah, and I don't even think you have to ban Riven either. Um I think it I think it depends. If they're gonna pick red side and they're gonna last pick for him, I think a lot uh, of people uh, yeah. are gonna be nervous about him. And yeah. we've been seeing I mean he last have, he last played it against Silas to counterpick and he played against Scion just like, oh, I can just outfarm you. Yeah. The whole team the whole team was like, okay, that was not the game to pick uh, <laughs> He said that after both games. Okay. No, no, the first okay. game. He said it after both games on okay, Twitter. Okay, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> And then he's like, well, this was really not the oh, game. <laughs> they, they do have selection against Cloud9. Yeah. And um, on our, Sunday, only one team chose blue side. And traditionally, yeah. everyone's choosing blue side. So they're going for counterpick. Yeah. If they go red side, I think we are going to start seeing Riven Bands. Yeah. That, I think that's going to be super interesting because this champ select has so many things you have to take into account. Yeah. Um, with even just, just the top lane, Licorice and Viper, uh, I think there's so much versatility there. Yeah, it should be it should be really cool. And I know Licorice is definitely another guy who you know who wants to bring out new picks and wants to have you know have those exciting picks. So the other option is okay. Well, if you have a matchup that you're really happy to play into Riven, you could try to uh -huh. you know preempt it or whatever. Is it enough to make you predict FlyQuest over Cloud Nine? No, no, no. Because I, I no. think Cloud Nine is actually the second best team in the league. I agree, and I think that FlyQuest is is up there. But if I have to bet money on it, I still think I yeah. still think. Uh, C9 feels that little bit above. Yeah, but it's close. But yeah, it's close. And I think that it wouldn't shock me if FlyQuest won, but if I have to put money on it, I'm betting on Cloud9 because I think them and Liquid have been the two best. And I mm -hmm. think that made sense in preseason. It makes sense now. But FlyQuest could legitimately be just the third best team in the league or at least top four. And I think that's really exciting. So then here's the next question because on Sunday, FlyQuest plays TSM. 
so they get to play the other high up teams. So what's mm -hmm. FlyQuest TSM for you? Uh, I, I actually think Ooh. that 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 is is pretty close. I, you want to say that with how TSM uh, played against TL, that you, you're kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe maybe they should win. But but I think that as a whole, FlyQuest, to me, has looked like the better team than TSM, whereas TSM, I feel like, has the better players, if that mm -hmm. makes sense to you. I feel like the individual pieces on TSM are better, and when they get their gameplay together, when they're working as well on the same page as FlyQuest is, they will be the better team. I'm not sure if they're there yet, but I basically see this as FlyQuest is closer to their skill cap essentially than TSM is, mm. right? And I think I, that in summer, I would like my assumption is TSM will be a significantly better team. But right now, I think it's very close. And FlyQuest is, I think, probably the better team right now. Yeah, I think FlyQuest have been more consistent for sure yeah. because TSM people are focusing on the Team Liquid game. Remember the day before that was the Optic game, it <laughs> barely won. Them. Yeah, and that that was not a. That was more of a whoo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Nexus is dead. <laughs> you know, and let's get out of here. Type a lot of, of the Broken Blade Acadian uh, mistakes where, you know, getting getting 1v2'd uh -huh. or, or Broken Blade going too far, trying to push for plays. It hasn't always felt like they're on the same page. Uh, there was, you know, clips that were kind of circulating on Twitter where people were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, St. Vicious was talking about it and some other guys were talking about, oh, well, Zven's trying to do one thing. He's clearly trying to reset. The other team's trying to, at the same time, invade and, and fight mm -hmm. for a red buff. And yeah. they haven't always felt like on the same page where FlyQuest feels a more cohesive unit right now. But I do think that the individual pieces are really, really good on TSM. I think Broken Blade is really, really promising. And when they're all working on the same page, I think that that they're uh, going to be a, a fantastic team. Yeah. One of, one of the clips I even pulled on the analyst desk the week before was one where the rest of TSM was pushing on bottom side and Zven was in the mid, um, like on a control word or something, and they got engaged on. That was yep. the Golden Guardians game. Yep. Uh, even before that. So, mm -hmm. like, those problems of coordinating later in the game mm -hmm. that are, you know, just communication with people and timing with people of just where to be at this time seem like the simplest types of things to solve, right? But they're it, hard. Yeah. And you, people see a moment, they see, uh, you know, you're fo so focused on what you're doing. I see this guy, I'm like, I can kill this guy, right? Boom, I'm in there. Well, Zven classic Azale overestimating his own ability. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh -huh. That actually is classic me. But, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm always in that side lane. I could dive this idiot. <laughs> Two seconds later, the jungler's there. I'm dead. Yep. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's easy to happen because a lot of it is instinctual uh -huh. rather than intellectual, right? And uh, it, it'll be interesting. But I mean, when you go down the line and you're looking at this piece for piece, who who would you take, Bjergsen or Pobelter? Who would you take, uh, you know, Zven or, or Wild Turtle, right? You know, mm -hmm. most of the matchups you would, I, I think Santorin is probably someone you would argue, I, I would think, for over, mm -hmm. over Acadian. I know you're a really uh, big supporter of Santorin and how good he's been doing. But in general, long run TSM. But right now, I probably still bet on FlyQuest. Yeah, a lot of close bets uh, coming up this yep. weekend, actually. Well, those games are going to be hype. They One of them away. that I won't bet against anymore? Is Rush. I give up. <laughs> Last weekend, I was like, all right, they're dead. This it, time it'll It's lose. okay. You know, it's, it's got to break sometime or whatever. His, his never going 0 2. Yep. How'd that Magic go? Did you say it's 64,000 freak or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It, it basically, it's every time he's lost on Saturday and he's had to win on Sunday. If if Sunday's is, games were a coin flip, it's one in 65,000. Yeah, that's, a, that's assuming 50 50 yeah. if you literally just yeah. multiply. But it's 100 0 because Rush is playing. But there you exactly. Go. <laughs> and, and we were uh, like doing the predictions. That was literally High's reasoning for on the desk. Yeah, the just like, no, no, this happened. He was like, yes, I hear everything you're saying. You know, it makes sense that mm -hmm. you're going to choose the other team. Yeah. But Rush is playing on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> also, was Rush it? wasn't the reason they won. Like, yeah, exactly. They popped off in or bot lane. 
<laughs> like really hard. Yeah. Honestly, though, that the Echo Fox thing is um, just turn off your brain, predict them when they lose. Yeah, I mean, geez. how how do you act if you actually analyze this team though, and, and you look at the games? Yeah. I'm thinking Phoenix looks great. Yeah. And this is a guy that. They kind of shafted, right? They kicked him off the team, then they brought him back on the team, and now I feel like he's their best player. Uh, I don't. To me, I'm not sure if he's best player or not. I feel like he's still a little inconsistent. I think he does mm-hmm. make some macro mistakes and like kind of some boneheaded ones. I think their bot lane is definitely a point of strength. Um, last time I think we checked, Apollo was like highest gold difference or highest CSD in the league for bot lane, and that's obviously Hakuo as well. Um, they nerf Thresh. They nerf Thresh. Don't <laughs> worry, Morgana's getting the rework coming out. That's going to be sweet. So Hakuo is already excited about that. I saw that tweet. So, I mean, they they're legitimately very very good bot lane. I think they're the longest standing bot lane in NA at this point. Yeah, they've been playing together for like two yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they switch teams around, but like they're one of the if not best actual laning bot lane in the league. Just straight up, like mm-hmm. they will beat any two on two. Double of Corey today is like the only one that's really tight, and they play Saturday. Yeah, and like that's going to be like. That's going to sound crazy, but that's a close lane. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen it pretty... It's pretty interesting to me how Echo Fox is 4-4 four and four because if you told me that at the start of the season Echo Fox was 4-4, four and four, I wouldn't have been shocked, but I yeah. would have thought it was in a very different way. I would have assumed that it was Rush having having really big carry games, You know that it was Rush making a, a really big difference. <laughs> I think Rush has been the worst player on their team. I think that's yes, probably... Yes, definitely easily. at least some of the games. Yeah, I, I mean, he has not been... Because at least compared to expectations versus where he's landed, right? I had really high expectations that he would be, you know, one of the best junglers. They would have learned a lot on score. He had talked about how mm-hmm. he improved a lot in Korea. He was very good before. But yeah, he, he said, last been. time I was in NA, I won MVP. Now I'm better. I'm yeah. coming back. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix, I do think Phoenix has been great. I think his Zoe, his Zoe, Zoe games were, sure. were amazing. Uh, I think the bot lane is performing very well. Solo, I think, you, is kind of giving us what he has given us before, where he's yeah. he's fairly solid top laner. Yeah. And you know, this is this is kind of the core of clutch from from before, and they're doing well. And Phoenix is playing, I think, at a higher level than people expected. If Rush were to be able to to reach some of those high highs that he had in the past, and if Rush were able to really start performing at that top level, then I think this team. <laughs> really does have an ability to to start climbing in the standings pretty fast because they're winning and looking really good without Rush doing anything too special. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're technically within the playoffs cutoff right now. Yep. This is for sure a team that I see, you know, being in that playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they could get knocked out. For them. Yeah, they, they, they could get knocked out. Um, I think that the bottom of the league in the standings right now is very competitive. We don't have teams that are, you know, free wins down there. Um, I think Optic and Clutch are doing pretty poorly, but I can see Golden Guardians climb up, and I can see Hunter Thieves climb up. And Optic have—I feel like they have so many options with the extra players yeah. with their ten-man roster. The other five members won games early on yeah. already, so I feel like Optic has a lot of options for mixing things around, and and that's still like a team. If I see them on my schedule, I have those questions in my mind, and I don't, uh, you know, you don't consider that a free win or anything so yeah I, uh, what do you guys think about these these bottom teams do you think um, one of these ones that are outside of the cutoff right now are going to move in Golden the Guardians. clutch clutch optic um wait are 100 thieves outside 100 yeah. thieves are outside yeah 100 the, thieves the thing with 100 well. thieves actually their results are really consistent actually they're like they're like clutch from spring split where they beat every team below them and lose every team above them. Like, like, like there's no upsets at all. And they play Optic at the end of, or on Saturday. That list the is getting Robin. more uh, significant now. The more that they lose, there's more teams yeah. above well, them. Right. 
they will continue. But but they they're, they're the Golden Guardians win is like the one that kind of lines up here at this point. Yeah. Right? It's like and they're gonna get their optic win, and then it's like okay, well now you're at four and five, and like okay, these results are results are all expected, but four and five is not good enough for a playoff team. So mm. um, I think they need to make real improvements. And like I went back and looked like their actual win loss. I was like, oh, they look so bad the first two weeks, and now they look better. It's like yeah, because their first two weeks were all the good teams, then they played all the bad ones. Of course, they looked better. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, somebody's got good landing stats, but like I don't know if they've actually improved or their schedule got easier, and that's what made them look good yeah. um because their win streak is all just like beating teams below them i mean so i think that the the thing that was always really concerning is you know their first three losses it wasn't that they lost those games it was how they lost those games yeah. right they got blown out by they those did. three teams and then they won three games in a row and it was like okay things are maybe maybe according to plan their last two losses i think also uh have been fairly concerning because this is a team that people were uh, expecting to be, you know, a top three, top four well, team. Some people mm-hmm. put them as high as number one in their in their power rankings. So. Their two losses were FlyQuest, which is legitimately, I think, top yeah, three great. team, super yeah. strong. And then Sunday Rush. I don't but, know how yeah. much you want to put but on. But I'm talking about <laughs> in the that, context yeah. of being a top team in the league, which is where almost everyone had them yeah. as being the the worst I saw them in, in any power rankings that I saw were top four. And I saw them as high as number one in the ESPN power rankings yeah. and I think some others, right? Mm-hmm. So that to me is... Yes, it, it makes sense in the context of the season, but you cannot lose to this many teams and and be considered a, a yeah. team in the, in title contention, right? Yeah. So they clearly need to turn things around. I think as far as teams are on the outside looking in, which team will be climbing right now, I have more faith in Golden Guardians than any of the other three because I think that their last two weeks mm. have been legitimately good. They've won three out of their last four. Their one loss being to Liquid, in which they were the first team to knock down all the outers against Liquid. They were... Mm-hmm actually winning the early game and and for you know depending on how you want to find in game they were close for a long time they got blown out in one team fight the game ended liquid is really good Karthus getting nerfed yep <laughs> but uh but i think i think golden guardians showing me that that string of four games i have confidence that they are again you know probably a top four top five style of team this should be a playoff team counterpoint for 100 thieves okay just gonna throw this one out there. Yeah. So the FlyQuest we accept is like a uh, uh, you know super strong team, Good hard team. matchup, yeah. and the Echo Fox one um, was Hundred Thieves. You know, picking the Jace top, trying to and Olaf jungle. Like this is putting a lot of your uh, faith in an early game victory, mm-hmm. and that is not something that I think that I mean I know it's a goal of theirs to become a super action packed early game team. Probably said he wanted to move up the pace. Um, and the team kind of wants to move that way overall. Sure. But it's not something that they have had success in, you know, for the history of the organization, right? And that Echo Fox loss was a lot about messing up early game execution. Olaf, Jace died. That was terrible. They both almost died. They both blew their flashes. Uh, yep. And then you're up in a situation where, like, yeah, you're against a Malphite. It's so much easier for him. Some days can't chip away at him anymore with the Jace. Like, Jace loses all this momentum. Olaf loses all this momentum. Yep. And, you know, yes, they did have individual mistakes as well. Like, the coordination around Dragon, who he still went in when he runs with the Lissandra, and they gave away a lot of kills. So, like, the early game just went boom for them. Um, I'd, I'd rather they play around Bang and play late game, to be honest. I, I think that he has still shown Bang has looked like the best player on the team to me. And when they have gotten to late game, it has looked like he is going to pay that off for you. So, I mean, to, to kind of your question, I don't really like that they played that style. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even just the dive. Onda basically lived top lane. They got essentially no advantages. And... Meanwhile, in bot lane, it feels like Bang is kind of being left out to dry a lot of the time. And yeah. I feel like 
to me, when I look at this team, this should be a team playing almost more like a liquidy style mm-hmm. where where you have a marksman that is that good. And I think yeah. they should be playing around him. It's funny because my, one of my win conditions for the day was go top lane, play around someday early for the top lane. And I think that that plan, you're the reason. I think lost. that plan is a good plan, but the execution again, like if you if you if you lose all momentum with a tower dive like that, and then you have the the dragon play as well, where you give over a bunch of early kills. Yeah, like yeah, it's gonna look really bad for them. Um, but I would say that's that was kind of my point in bringing up this example is like this was 100 thieves trying a completely different uh, style. Sure. So maybe I see the team overall still having a chance of you know lifting lifting a bit above if they wanted to just play what is our highest chance to win mm-hmm. rather than trying different styles, I guess. And Do you think it is that different of a style, though, than some of the other stuff they've done? Because I personally see the Jace as as fairly similar to how they played with the Victor, as fairly similar to what they were doing with... Victor scales with, way better than the Jace, I feel like. It does, but I mean, they're playing it this lame bully style, and if I recall correctly, he was doing the kind of Iceborne build and that stuff, which is about, well, about yeah. lame bully matchup, right? Uh, he was doing Q-Max, I think, as, as well, right? Which is, again, more about uh, lane. You know, similar to kind of how I see Aatrox playing, similar to how I see a number of these champs playing. Mm-hmm. You know, even even Yorick. Yorick does scale okay, but you have to get ahead to really have a big impact on the game. So I felt like this this year, most of their effort has been in winning through someday. And and it hasn't really been working. He did have some really good games, but when I think of his, his biggest highlight moment was the one against Clutch, where it was a 1v2, where he yeah. handled it really, really well on Urgot. And the Kali game, where he game. killed the contract, stole the Baron? Yeah, that was a great game, too. He has had some really standout games, and I still think somebody is a great player. It's less about that. I just think that them playing around topside hasn't worked as well, and it's felt like when Bang has got to late game, that has been great for them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would like to see them trying to play more around that, but but hey, I'm not watching the scrims, and maybe every time they try that in scrims, it fails horribly, and I, I don't know. But yeah. I maybe try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Just mix it up, right? <laughs> yeah. It is always weird when your your big strengths are on opposite sides of the map. Like it's you you can't easily play through top and bot at the same time compared to say playing through mid and bot, which is at least they're adjacent lanes and you can mm-hmm. kind of snowball one into the other. So it is difficult, I think, to like you have to come into the game picking a lane. Yeah. Generally speaking, you kind well, of have to. The, the one argument I would have is is as a top laner, if your jungler comes top and helps you top, you yeah. can save your TP for bottom lane, whereas their top laner should have yeah. TP back to lane. Yeah. And that's kind of how you can pay that forward. But but I know that is a specific situation. Right. And, and that, that does take like more you sort of feed through because as soon as your Olaf shows top, they know they can take your bottom jungle, their bot lane can play up, you're going to lose a wave, you're going to lose a plate. Now they have more gold than you on the first like. Yes, well, you can do this. It, it 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 just it slightly pushes back because the other teams should be pressuring, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the it's the CLG point we're making earlier. It's like, well, if they're ganking Darshan, you should be getting against things ahead for Stixay, even if Impact TP's down later. I think this is a pretty interesting way to talk about these teams with uh, you kind of choosing Golden Guardians to make it out of the dog pile. Um, yeah, I kind of agree, actually. What do, what do you think? Oh, yeah, you're going to... It's like, yeah, I see CLG falling out of the dog pile. I can actually see Echo Fox keeping in in that top six. And yeah, my actual... First team to make it up from seventh is actually Golden Guardians over Thieves. I think it's really, really close. Mm. Keep in mind, Thieves beat them the first time around back when Guardians were like super getting dumpstered. Um, so there's a good chance that even if like Guardians are slightly better, that you know, 100 Thieves get, get the edge over just because of who they're playing against. I think 100 Thieves' next matchup is fairly easy. So is Golden Guardians. So, um, you know, these are teams that are going to probably be four and five into the second round Robin with a half a leg up for the 100 Thieves side, and that could play out. What do you guys see Golden Guardians in a successful Golden Guardians climb? Like, what it, what are their games like? Are they Haunter mm-hmm. Tank, Froggen's farming mid lane, um, Contracts is kind of playing a little bit less aggressively? 
and, and they give away some early game control? Or is it we're going to play for the early dragons? Um, you know, Froggen, yeah. uh, is he still playing like Lux and stuff after Karthus gets nerfed? Or, you know, these these champions that he plays a lot in solo queue or Vagar or something like that? I mean, I, I think that the player who is the most polarizing on that team is Froggen. And I see him as a guy who does play scaling picks and wants time to farm, right? Even yep. when I look at some of his other picks, so you're talking about the Anivia, the Karthus, those want time to farm. Corky mm -hmm. was another big one that he used to play a lot. You want your Triforce, you want your Sork Boots. I know he had played a lot of Vigar and Lux in solo queue. Those also, I still feel like, are kind of the farming scaling style champions. So as far as what people play around him, I think... It's fine to play, you know, either tank style or or some sort of early game pressure. I don't think that this is a team that's ever going to fully go all in on early game. At least I wouldn't mm -hmm. expect that because I think that Froggen is mm -hmm. going to do Froggen, and that's where he's best. But you know, you you can have some of a balance, right? Like you don't have you could have him scaling, and you could have you know contracts playing Lee Sin and ganking early for a Draven bot lane for Deathly or whatever, and trying to have that kind of buy time for mm -hmm. for Froggen to scale or whatever. But I mean, these these last four games that they've they have shown us, I think that's the style that you want to see them playing because that is the style that they have have looked very successful in, and it's Froggen playing comfort, and the rest of the team I think kind of trying to play around that and and work well for him. Yeah, I actually really echo that. I think Froggen should be on comfort, that whether it's Karthus, Anivia, Lux, whatever he wants to play. Like, I always love when players have their own champion pools, and I don't care if it's in the meta or not. If you're good at it and it holds up to their Zoe, and you're playing Karthus, and you go equal in farm and you team fight better, congratulations, you won the matchup. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if no one else plays that character. Um, Froggen seems to be able to do that. He can farm out any lane ever and go equal. He's like minus a little bit of gold at 10 right now, but like within margins. I think definitely is a super good late game team fighter. Uh -huh. That probably means Hans is on tank duty, which is, you know, a slight waste of his efforts and his skills. But like, I, I can easily see like they're just, there's a Golden Guardians formula and it's really team fight heavy. Mm -hmm. And Froggen's going to play best in class team fighters because there's not really a lot of team fight mids being played, right? Like it, on the spectrum. I want to see some Vagar, some, some baby yeah. cage action. Like Vagar was just like a hard screw over any team fight. Like, yeah. how are you going to play Aatrox into that cage? You Especially just don't do when, when people do melee heavy teams, yeah. I think Vagar is yeah. really good into that. If someone wants to run, you know, Sejuani, Aatrox, Braum, whatever, it's those guys have no fun against the cage. Yeah. Yeah. That lane phase is going to be interesting, though. See how, yeah. See yeah. How yeah. <laughs> All right. Last game. Who's your who's your guy your coming topic. out of the oh, dog I pile? I did. Okay. You probably did. Yeah. Our last game. Choose your roster for Optic Gaming. Since you have access to all 10, they've been okay. losing with the current one. Do you make changes? I yep. already got my immediate and, answer. Yeah, I have mine too. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, so I think Medios has actually been playing really well. Uh -huh. I would leave Medios in and, and bring in Asta. And I think Asta played really well when he Asta was Asta with in. eight or with big? Um... Uh, that, you that think I, the entire bot lane around? I, I think you probably just swap the bot lane and, and try that. That is kind of what I would like to see because I think that is the roster. You know, essentially they did that with Dardock, and you know that is the roster that they got their wins with. I think Medioso has been the standout in their in their losses since he has come in. Mm -hmm. He's had a lot of really good games, right? And, and I think that he has has looked good. So I, I would kind of like to see the bot lane swap back and and see Dokelin, how yeah. it works how it works with uh, Medios, yeah. Yeah, my initial reaction was going to be switch Medios and um, Dardoch. Just just make that switch and have the single shot caller in big. Like I, I, I'm still pretty confident in my read that Medios is vocal and big is vocal and they're not the same kind of player and that's creating a lot of interference. So you need to only have one of them or zero, but never both. So why keep big over Medios then? So I mean, that, that's, and that was the other thought, right? Is I understand your choice as well, but I know for sure that like the 
and, and maybe it's even you switch the entire bot lane as well, right? And it's go back to the the week one or the week two roster that was winning games. Like I think if if I'm just like, hey, gut check, just go back to the, the roster that won games. These guys went two and two. You can put that in right there. And then from there you say, okay, is Medios then better than Dardock? And maybe he is, maybe it's exactly your choice, but my my gut check is actually the three switch, and then you then you determine from there. Mm. All right. Pretty good answers. I think I might switch the bottom lane, leave Medios in. Um, but yeah. I would be very willing, depending on that week's scrims, totally. uh, to to switch them back out as well. So Yeah, I mean, Dardock's really good, right? I just yeah. think that yeah. Medios has looked good in, in basically all his games. I felt like he's been really strong. And so, you know, the, he's certainly not getting wins, which which sucks for him. But yeah. until he's, he stops looking good, I, I would feel like, okay, well, there's a reason that they're playing him in the first place. He's an incredibly experienced player. He's pretty level-headed. Yep. And if he's performing well on stage, I, I would like to see that try to continue. All right. Hit us up with some Twitter questions then. And right. uh, people at home, keep sending them to us. You can even send them to at Freak, I guess. Uh, yeah, at currently, yep. send them to at right, Kobe and at Azale with hashtags hashtag that die Well, Yep. All right. So our first Twitter question comes from Orange Cacti at Cacti Orange. He flipped it around. Oh, wow. And he goes, League has always been known as a hard game to pick up. While there have been strides in improving the new player experience, what do you think of the current tools in place to help someone get into the game, and what could use some improvement? That is so hard for me to answer because I yeah. have played this game for <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. So I haven't been a new player. I have leveled, <laughs> I have leveled an account fairly recently, mm -hmm. so I can at least speak to that. Uh -huh. I do think that the new player experience is way better than it used to be. I... Played in beta. I never actually got to 30 and didn't really consistently play because I was still doing programming and other uh, things. You have the icon, So, right? so I, yeah, will, yeah, yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. that I thought... That's the worst high five of all time. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys doing? And I remember <laughs> that. Goes, that was invisible. Uh, so I actually thought the new player experience was absolute trash in League of Legends oh, yeah. when I first played it. I was coming from, from Dota uh -huh. and... And I, I had been jungling a lot of the time in, in Dota 2, so I was like, oh, sweet, I'll go jungle. And then I'm just dying to my first camp and whatnot because I have no runes, no masteries. Yeah. And it's like, what the Probably hell is this game? Yet. This game is garbage. But yeah. So they, they have improved it a lot, but I do think that MOBAs in general are just such a deep and complicated genre because there's so much burden of knowledge. You have to know the builds. You have to know the champions. You have to know what champions do. Then even if you know every ability in the game and every champion, you have to know what combinations of items and champions are strong, who beats when what. So I think that it, that is really, really tough. And that's something that um, really kind of could use solving, especially in this day and age where there's so much BR and games that are like instantly accessible and easy to jump into. I think that is one of the challenges for getting uh, people into, into MOBAs. For me, the reason I got into MOBAs is because my friends played it and they could teach me, right? Yep. But, but I think that if you don't have that, it would be really nice to see some sort of system that can kind of guide you through it. I immediately think of almost, this is really funny, but you know the little paper clip that was like on, yeah, yeah, on, on yeah. Microsoft Word? Almost some little like assistant buddy thing that could recommend things, right? Because I don't think that oftentimes the recommended items are strong enough. Uh, you know, having something that could recommend choices or times to base or something like that would be really cool, but probably complex to to actually get. Yeah. And then one thing that I think Smite did really well is they have a, an option you can turn on when I was learning that game that just auto buys items. So you don't even have to think about it. You go back to base, it just spends all your gold. And that I felt like was was kind of nice for as a brand new player because that I, shop had, was overwhelming. I had no idea what was going on with items. So at least then I could just focus on learning my abilities and it gives me some generic items, which are probably not the best, but you know, it, it like simplifies it a little bit for a new player. Yeah, and some of that stuff exists as well. Like I, I'm pretty sure there's an auto ability leveling 
uh, that actually exists now for new accounts. Um, and it like turns off like level 12 or something. Uh, I know like your rune pages are actually automatic in the first place. You can't even like choose. You're like, nope, mm -hmm. you're playing Jinx. You're in the position one. You're like, cool, I don't have to interface with this yet. Um, so spells limited. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I think you always, and anytime you have like a new player experience, you actually want to constrain choices really, really heavily. Mm -hmm. And you say, look, here is the primary fun. It's you fight people. You go, you go into combat, you deal some damage, you get excited. Hey, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Jinx is pretty cool. Don't want to overwhelm people at the beginning. No, it, I think it's, that's it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's very easy to overwhelm people for the new game where you just can't understand all the systems. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I took your point earlier though. I think it, it comes down to having friends that are with you. Like you, you need to get through getting your teeth kicked in if you're brand new to a MOBA. Like that's tough. Like mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, play some bot games and hopefully bot Vagar is dumb enough that you can win your lane. Because uh, if you lose to beginner bot, like, oof, like it's going to take a long time to get up there and like yeah. you're not going to have fun and when the easiest possible game mode's too hard for you. And if it's not too hard for you, then okay, great. You know, you get to like have the fun of killing things. But yeah, I think I think that ramp up is important. Next All question. Right. Next question. This one's from Mark Pringitz. Pringitz? I don't know. Uh, question 22 Mark is his Twitter. And he asks, uh, Malka has the 10th highest win rate of any top laner and the second highest of any tank top laner behind Malphite. He's also yep. a champion who's been competitively viable in the past. Where's he at, Kobe? I have talked to some people, I'll just say, in the competitive scene. Mm -hmm. okay. And the people have been trying this champion out. I believe it. Uh, so find I got nerf, find the tank. I, I agree that it is a very, very good tank to play right now. His healing is still absolutely insane. And that is one of the biggest parts to me. He's a very simple tank for engaging. You have point and click root. Your ultimate is giant. So it's very easy to use for team fights. And then his lane phase consists a lot of the healing aspect of his passive. And I, uh, you know, if you're maybe a CLG fan and you go to the subreddit, mm -hmm. maybe you suggest that for... Uh, yep. to fill in some of their tank spots Malphite, here Malchai, that Isaiah was worried about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think Maokai should for sure be in there. I do think uh, the reason we have not seen it as much is players hate losing lane, and this is a champion that I think is much less blind pickable, I actually think, than yeah. Scion. I think yeah. he's way more easy to abuse. Yep. Scion, I actually don't think that there is a Scion counterpick. I think there are matchups that are, are good in the Scion, but his ultimate... Plus teleport essentially negates almost every really extreme laning advantage that you can get because and he, you have like three farmed wave clear tools. Exactly right, like so, ranged wave clear tools. Yeah. Maokai, Maokai is is more easily punishable. He has trouble fully resetting waves against certain matchups. So they can hold it against him. Then you only have AOE abilities to try to last hit with, which just further holds the freeze. Yeah. So I I think you have to pick him in a different order than you do, and I think that it's similar to Malphite as well. You don't necessarily want to blind pick Malphite because then you're playing against Vladimir and you're gonna get absolutely destroyed but but i think that these picks should be in there and and to your point with the clg thing i mean if if darshan brought out malphite and maokai and look great on both of them there you go now you have enough tanks right because there are a lot of tanks that can fit but the other ones are just more situational than scion they can't just be first pick blind picked and not get punished yep what's funny is i remember like back in the day maokai would be first pick blind picked and no one counter pick it they're like well you picked the maokai so i guess i'm it's, the nautilus it's and the they were just like not he was a lot stronger back it, then it, sure 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 exactly it's the champion where if you up the numbers enough on like his heel totally is, no match his heel is actually like a silas 400 heel yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that and you just rush early armor and stuff then it doesn't matter that he doesn't have have super long range abilities you just take 
Yeah. 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 I think that is going to do it for us, though. Mm -hmm. Wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us, Freak. Thank you to Thank Uni, you, Kobe, who is no longer here. I'll be spending the rest of the day, the day. before I pass Freak off to Mark uh -huh. uh, here with the chains. Uh, but you guys can also join us on this weekend. Uh, countdown starts at 1.30 p.m. Pacific. And continue, continue to send your Twitter questions to me and Azale and even Freak. Uh, I won't answer you, though. Because we can, we can bring him back. He might. Well. Oh, might. we are going to still have new guests. We're going to try uh, some other things, maybe another hosting spot and some new technology, maybe. What? Uh, if we can get it to work. Okay. I'm bringing in Freak's dog. <laughs> That's perfect. He's cute. <laughs>